Over the last several years, I have been making a more thorough study of the Acts of the Apostles. And speaking of our origins, I would encourage, if you have time, read the Acts of the Apostles in the Scriptures. As I've been doing this, one thing has deeply impacted me. As I see how these first Christians, as the Holy Spirit came down upon them, and they are inflamed with this fire of the Spirit, and how they understand how Jesus wants them to live their new Christian life, and how the Holy Spirit guides and leads them. And there's one trait among others that clearly stands out in the passages that I want to share with you this morning. The second chapter of Acts, those that received Peter's words took them to heart and were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to their number. What did they do? They held steadfastly to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. A few lines later in the same chapter, and every day they attended the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and generous hearts, praising God. And then forward to chapter 12, when Peter was released from prison by the angel of the Lord, he went to Mary's house, the mother of Mark, and there were many Christians gathered together, and they were praying. Do you hear the pattern, the trait of this first Christian community, they gathered together regularly, in some cases every single day. Why? In order to stay immersed in the teaching of Jesus now given them through the apostles, they would eat meals together with joy and gladness. And it says fellowship. They would share their experience of Jesus, their living faith with each other, and they would pray and praise God together. Why would Jesus want the Christian community to do this? Why would the Holy Spirit urge them to gather together so frequently? There's an insight in another Christian 
in the early first, second century. In fact, a disciple that knew John, the beloved disciple, he was a bishop at Antioch, St. Ignatius. Let's listen to what he says. Try to gather together more frequently to give thanks to God and praise Him. For when you come together frequently, Satan's powers are undermined, and the destruction that he threatens is done away with by the unity of your faith. My dear friends, we were never meant to live our Christian life alone. God did not tend any of us to be lone rangers, to be isolated from the Christian community of believers. Why? Because one of the tactics of the devil is to do just that, to isolate and separate us from the very thing that would support and nurture and keep us strong. And whenever we are isolated and trying to go about this on our own, we are more vulnerable to the deceptions and temptations of the devil. And we know that we are also easily, we can get stuck in doubts, in discouragement, in a lukewarm Christian life, and we are more able to be corrupted by the way of thinking and living of the world. And I have discovered this in my own experience. And this is why I discovered, when I became part of a Christian community, that gathered four to five times a week. We gathered that many times. And I remember the first time it, I had never done anything like this before. And it did feel a little awkward, a little strange, but after the first few times, I would not miss a single meeting. My brother and I would be right on the edge of our seats, taking in every word. And it was such a source of strength, encouragement, support, as we tried to live our faith in the world, which was really challenging, as we all know. This is why I am so grateful. And I'm excited to again announce that this is the moment we are going to launch together in another part of our vision here at St. Peter's, where we are going to increase the opportunities for all of our parishioners to gather together with each other in small groups to share our faith in Christ. After Mass, there are several tables where you can even ask questions 
or you can look at the opportunities. There's 15 options. Some of them are men's groups, women's groups, and other kinds of groups. And we hope that everyone will consider being a part of one of these groups and stepping out in faith. Now, what do people do in such groups? I just want to give you just a tiny snapshot. Two of the meetings that we did in our Christian community, we would read a book together, and as we were reading it, we would relate to what was being read, and that would generate beautiful discussion. So for example, let's say there are many groups in our parish here gathering. Let's say they're reading a book, and then this paragraph gets read. Forgiveness means saying, this person has wronged me, but I don't want to condemn him. I don't want to identify him with his fault. And I don't want to take justice into my own hands, which is only God's part. For it is God who searches the mind and the heart. I want to look at this person rather with eyes of hope because I believe something can grow and change in them and I continue to want their good. I also believe that the, from the evil done to me, even if it seems irremediable, from a human point of view, that God can bring good from it. Let's say this is just read and I go, oh my gosh, can I relate to that? And then maybe it brings me back to an experience in my life of a friend that has hurt me several times. And even though I've tried to forgive him many times, after reading this, I realize I'm not going far enough. I do not look upon this friend with eyes of hope. And this has helped me to see that. And I'm sharing this with my group. And everyone that's listening, they're going, oh my gosh, can I relate to that brother? Can I relate to what he's saying? And then someone else shares, you know what? That's struck out to me too. There's an uncle in my past that hurt me years ago, and I've realized in hearing this that I've stopped trying to forgive him. I'm living my Christian life, but there's this ill will and negativity always simmering under the surface toward this uncle. And after hearing this, I'm realizing I gotta take this relationship to prayer. And I gotta recommit myself to the path of forgiveness. Isn't that something? And everyone in the group is in being encouraged. And notice, I'm not doing the teaching. Who is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus who is working in my life as I share what he's doing, Jesus' teaching in the midst of the group. 
All I'm doing is sharing my experience. And it's as simple as that. At this time, I just want to invite a brother, another prisoner up for a moment, uh, John. Let him share his experience or his hopes for this new part of our vision. Thank you, Father. About 18 months ago, Father invited uh, 12 men and women from this parish to help him implement the parish evangelization cell system. And little did he know, I'm much like a lot of the apostles. I have no specific training. I've never implemented a program in a parish or been part of an implementation. I've had very little experience in small groups. But I said yes, because it was actually an answer to a prayer I had. I had a prayer to get more involved in this parish life, to get more involved in parish ministry, and especially I wanted to be involved in a group of faith sharing. I was really looking forward to that, especially a men's group. So I said yes. And over the last 18 months, I've had lots of blessings as being part of this implementation process, but also some anxiety. The word evangelization makes me want to recoil. I want to run and hide. And as we know as Catholics, the word evangelization is kind of a dirty word. But as Father mentioned last week in his homily, evangelization is not about preaching on a uh, street corner and saying something about the Word of God, but it's relational. It's sharing with one another our life experiences. The greatest blessings for me in this process so far have come in the last two weeks. You see, many of us who will be leading these groups have actually been participating in this PEX process. And I've got to share with seven other men the seven steps in the PEX process the last two weeks. And imagine eight men who have no specific musical vocal training singing two songs, very familiar songs, at the beginning of our group, a praise portion, and it was beautiful. And then we followed that with two simple questions. How has God been moving in your life this last week? And how have you responded to that movement? And then we had the element that Father just mentioned about a little short instructional piece where we usually had like two questions, two simple questions, and we responded to those questions related to the readings or the presentation that we heard. And that was followed with petitions, prayers that we all held in our hearts that we shared with one another. Prayers for family, prayers for friends, prayers for one another, and it was powerful. And I have to say, I was so inspired and moved by this. I'm so excited. It really makes me excited and hopeful that everybody eventually, as um, Bishop Hebdes said, will participate in a small group. And hopefully, during Lent and during the Easter season, we can fill up these 15 small groups with people like you, or just like me, who just want to be part of this parish a little bit more deeply and share your faith with one another. And God bless. Yeah. Thank you, John. Amen. I just happened to walk by when they were singing. It was beautiful, but there were a lot of off notes. <laughs> just kidding. We are stronger together. We are protected together. 
And this will bear a lot of good fruit. Even if you are already part of a group, maybe consider joining another one in order to benefit from the blessings of sharing our faith together. Amen.